0: That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average The Jericho Network on Westwood One. All right, he's going to be my worthy opponent when the y 2 j WWE Summer Tour hits Tokyo, Japan on July the 5th. He's a current NXT superstar. He's been traveling the world for years. He's one of the most popular wrestlers in NXT. And he's going to be one of the most popular wrestlers when he comes to the main roster. He is Finn Balor. All right, three-time IWGP junior heavyweight champion, six-time IWGP junior heavyweight tag team champion. He trained at the New Japan in Dojo. He spent eight years wrestling for New Japan before signing with the WWE, heading to NXT. His real name is Fergal. His Japanese wrestling name is Prince Devitt, very Irish, and that's because... He's from Ireland. One of his nicknames in Japan, the Real Rock and Roller. Come on, go ahead. Admit it. You're impressed by how much I know about him. How I can rattle all these details off the top of my head, right? I've been scouting Finn Balor. I've been scouting Prince Devitt. I've been scouting the Real Rock and Roller, and I've been remembering all the little details. Talk is Jericho, baby. Welcome to Talk Keys Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. The remedy for boredom has arrived. The People's Podcast is here. Let's go for a ride with some S.O.S. by Fozzy. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. Whatever happened to our love? I understood. It used to be so nice. It used to be so good. that song because i had a press day uh a couple days ago um when i was in town in new york city for the nbc upfronts. so i'll tell you all about that i played sos on the opie and jimmy show and the uh reaction went through the roof it was insane you usually track uh sales on itunes when um you do it daily you know who's bought sos who's bought the album do you want to start a war who's bought lights go out and the sos uh sales went up i'm trying to do the math here like a thousand percent is exactly what it did like if you take the number times it by a thousand that's what the sales went to um, when we when it got played on the Opie and Jimmy show, it is becoming a hit, and what a strange hit it is—an ABBA song. And why not, right? I think if you're going to do a cover song, you might as well do something a little bit different, a little bit something outside the box. If you want to make it in this business of show, you have to do something that's never been done before, like an ABBA cover, or the way that Prince Devitt has been doing his career. Finn Balor, as he's now known at NXT. You got to hear about his 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 unique ring entrance. Let's just put him over the top. I was a big fan of this guy right from the start. Um, I've never met him. I never uh, talked to him even once. I wanted to talk to him the first time ever when we sat down to do this podcast. And I've never wrestled him before. I've never been in the ring with him. And the first time I get in the ring with him is going to be July 5th. When it's Balor versus Jericho at the real Goku Kulku It's also known as the Sumo Hall. That's July 4th. I know I said July 5th earlier. I made a mistake. I'm not perfect, right? July 4th, the Sumo Hall, Tokyo, Japan. First time ever. Jericho versus Baylor, a match that I requested. I wanted to do it. I wanted to get in there with him. I wanted to give the people of Japan, my old fans and friends in Japan, something special. A lot of people want, um, want that match in the States. I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but for right now, if you want to see this match, you have to be in Tokyo. I know it's like, it's frustrating. But I don't want them to film it. I don't want it to be on the W Network. It's a special night only for the people in Tokyo because they deserve it. Uh, he came through the ranks as I did, Finn Balor, Chris Jericho. We kind of had mirror careers kind of had uh, a lot of similarities and that we both made big names for ourselves in other country in the country of Japan when our own countries didn't even know who the hell we were so a uh, lot's to talk about with Finn once again like I said I never really talked to him before this conversation that you're about to hear and uh, I just want you guys to to check it out and take a listen and before we get to Finn I want to say thanks to all of you for spreading the word about my new Comedy Central digital series Nothing to Report we are over 1 million views all right. In less than five weeks, got over a million views. This thing is branching out and becoming a hit. It's six five-minute morsels of comedy genius. Okay, you have to check this out. It's very very funny. And if you watch an episode, you're helping me. If we get lots of views, if we get more views, if we continue to accrue the massive support, we will be doing more. Comedy Central has always said. They're, 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 I've already said they're very uh, excited about the amount of uh, response we've got. They're excited about the views. We want to go to full-fledged tv series chris jericho and 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 nick mundy uh, the team tiger awesome guys if you haven't heard them go back and check them out on on talk is jericho you'll know how hard they worked on this series how hard we worked on it how much we believe in it and i appreciate all of you who have checked it out and if you haven't checked it out go watch it like i said choose any ones you want racism partners the shootout Uh, Moses is fat. (laughs) Lots of fun. And like I said, only five minutes long. You can sit down and have a cup of coffee and watch Nothing to Report. If you have to take a a Dumpus Maximus, you just go and watch Nothing to Report. We're here to help you uh, kill some time if you need to. If you uh, have to get, get some gas and there's a lineup uh, if there's a lineup ever at a gas station, just check out. Nothing to report, and uh, and sit back and enjoy your day. All right. Uh, speaking of enjoying my day, great segue. I, I uh, last week had another busy week. Filmed a, a pilot for the History Channel for um, over in Boston. I'll get more into that if we get more results from it. The pilots. I filmed a lot of pilots. You know. And uh, some of them come, some of them go. This was really, really cool. And I'll explain it to you more if we uh, get more information about its, uh, about its uh, continuation. But it was really cool. Then I took a car from Boston to New York City. Next day, went and did a bunch of press. I had a, 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 after, a morning off because I had to do the NBC Upfronts, which is like this big presentation i guess were all of the channels under the nbc banner which of course is nbc usa network um what else we got in that Uh, bravo e-network oxygen sci-fi so many uh killer killer shows coming out in the new tv season so nbc holds the upfronts. so you kind of go there and everybody schmoozes with each other and there's everyone's so excited and so anyways um I had the morning free, and I don't like having free mornings, especially when I'm in New York City, and there's stuff going on, so I asked uh, the producers of OFB and Anthony, I have an open-door policy, and a lot of times people say you have an open-door policy, but they don't really mean it, but I just called them up and said, hey man, I got some time off, so... Can I come in? Of course, they had me come in. I sat in for the show. It was myself and Duff McKagan, who was on Togas Jericho just uh, last week. It was very, lots of kismet and happenstance. Great word. So uh, Duff and I had a great time with Opie and and Jimmy. I might have said Opie and Anthony a couple times, but it's still force of habit. Opie and Jimmy Norton. And then I went over and uh, visited my buddy Jose Mangan on uh, Liquid Metal, played some cool tunes. Halloween, Angra, Fozzie, Stuck Mojo, Exodus some stuff like that. Then I'm over to bust It Open, talk to my good friends, uh, Doug Mortman and Dave LaGreca. So, um, like I said, you got to... You know, you, you got to take the opportunities when you get them. I didn't want to just sit in a hotel room waiting. I wanted to get out and, and and make some hay. So had a great morning of publicity to talk about the Fozzy Tour starting uh, this week. You know, with, with Slash, it started a couple days ago, actually. Monday in Chicago it was insane. We'll talk more about that on Friday's show. But I'm uh, also talking about Tough Enough. You know, I'm hosting that. That starts June 23rd. And, of course, talk about this show, Talk is Jericho, blah, blah, blah. So then I went to the upfront, You walked the red carpet. And, of course, everybody's there. And it's so funny because within my world, I got a lot of fans. But sometimes when you go there, a lot of people have no idea who the hell you are. So there could be like, oh here's here's uh, Josh Manscuso from you know, the upcoming show Invisible Man or whatever, and everyone's like, Oh, Josh Manscuso, and everyone's taking pictures. I'm like, I don't know who the hell Josh Manscuso is. And there is no guy called Josh Manscuso, at least there wasn't there at the at the red carpet. So uh, you know, and and you're kind of walking along and you know, I'm there to promote Tough Enough, which starts June twenty third on the USA network. And that's cool. You know, it's great. And they've got me and and Hulk Hogan, who's also on the show, walking down the carpet. And it's funny because if they see me, because I did some interviews on my own, I can tell the story of what the show is. It's a brand new version of Tough Enough. It's a It's got a a whole new overhaul. And it's like the voice combined with Dancing with the Stars. And I'm the host of the show. I'm not a trainer. I'm kind of like the Carson Daly or the Ryan Seacrest uh, of, of the Tom Bergeron of Tough Enough. Then we've got the panelists, Hulk Hogan, Paige, Daniel Bryan. There's a, there's a live studio audience in the crowd. We're going to show what happened during the week, during the training sessions, and then we're going to have live challenges, and we're going to have a fan vote. of uh, audience votes in to decide who they want to stay, who they want to go. It's a brand-new world, and the people are like, oh... When I'm doing it with Hogan, though, they just see him and just expect, like, hey, Hogan, give us a Hulk promo. Like, let me tell you something, brother. Tough enough is coming, and we're going to take over. And it just takes it to a totally different place, right? Like, I can come in there and just talk like a guy. But as soon as Hogan's beside me, they want Hogan. They want do-rag and, and and sunglasses and let me tell you something, brother, and vitamins and prayers. And that's what he does. He's Hulk Hogan. Everybody, okay, Everybody knows Hulk Hogan. And when you're walking beside him, you get smothered because it doesn't matter what I have to say. And the people that don't know me are like, oh, that, how quaint. There's some guy named Chris Jericho. But that's Hulk Hogan. Let's talk to him. Let's get him to do a promo. Let's get him to do a Hulk Hogan interview. So it kind of negates my involvement when Hulk is standing right beside me. So I kind of figured that out and, and made sure that we were kind of split up a bit, so that he could do his thing, I do my thing. Everybody's happy, everybody understands, you know, what the show is and what's going on. And then you walk the red carpet. Of course, Kardashians are on there. Kim walks by. Kim's actually really cute. Chloe, um, she's a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, shall we say? But you know, whatever. She's a big star. Ian Zeering was there, my uh, Sharknado uh, co-star. I don't know if I would call it that the 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 star of Sharknado and I was in his movie for a little bit but you know you see a lot of people like that Josh Manskuso got to talk to Maria Menounos to talk to Jericho alumni she's always cool to talk to and then you sit down and you watch uh, well first of all then then you walk the red carpet and then there's this big area where there's just fans sitting there for some reason and then someone goes all right here's Chris Jericho and like three people are clapping and one lady's like ah and of course I'm walking by like waving and like of the people are like, we have no idea who this guy is. And then Josh Manscuso walks by and they're like, ah, Josh Manscuso, oh my God. So, uh, you know, it's always a good ego um, uh, (laughs) reality check. And I know it too. Like, you know, half the people that are watching all these shows have no idea what what I do. And that's fine. It's just kind of always a, a funny little ego check, right? But I still smiled and waved and did a little dance and, and got a little bit of a reaction. But I, I get it. I get it. It's okay. So then uh, you go watch the 90-minute uh, presentation of all the new shows. And like, oh, my gosh, there's so many new shows. There's like uh, the trainers of New York City, like these like kind of like Jersey Shore, but they're trainers, like personal trainers. So you got that. And then you got there's a show about the lingerie football league. And there's a show about... You know, a, I don't know, a bunch of other stuff and a big presentation for the WWE and their world. So it was cool. It was, it was fun to be involved, um, especially when I had a reason to be there. But uh, once again, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot of fun on June 23rd to get tough enough rolling. We've got a lot of plans and a lot of ideas, but this is not your, uh, your mother's tough enough. This is, you've never seen a tough enough like this before. I am not a trainer, uh, I am the host of the show. Uh, Hogan is not a trainer. He's a panelist mentor that sort of a thing. The trainers are Billy Gunn, Booker T, Lita Um, So we're gonna have a, a it's gonna be a really interesting experience to try and find you know the new WWE superstar and to see how people react and see how the show goes, but I think it's got a huge buzz right now I think it's gonna be a big big hit and I think, uh, I think it's going to be really exciting. Once again, that's June 23rd on the USA Network. It's the return of Tough Enough with Chris Jericho as your hostess with the leastest, all right? <laughs> all right, there are some seriously talented luchadores in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Ha-ha, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan, and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW, like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words, sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started Talk is talk is Jericho. All right, here in the back of a tour bus with uh, the hottest new sensation in NXT, Finn Balor is here, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Glad to be on the show. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to meet you for the first time today. You know, it's funny because this is the first time we've ever met. And and as we were walking from inside the arena to out here, I didn't want to small talk a bit because I just wanted to start like I've never had an interview where I just met somebody for the first time. On the show yeah. But I have a list of people That I've wanted to talk to For a while And you're on it man I mean like I said It's, it's, it's You really kind of Made a huge uh, Splash Since you got to NXT And you know Coming all the way from Ireland And, and, and how is it for you today? I mean you're, you're here at Raw yeah and you're not really doing a lot but you're getting a chance to kind of see how everything works and see how the big leagues works I mean what's your thoughts when you come to an arena and see how everything goes down behind the scenes
1: well first of all I'm humbled uh, to be on your short list of people that you <laughs> wanted to talk to but uh, yeah it's unbelievable you know this is about my third time uh, being here at raw you know backstage and uh, just the size and the scale of like you know the the production that goes on is just it's it's unbelievable you know it's it's kind of nice kind of being able to just sit back and enjoy and kind of figure out kind of how things work before I'm actually, you know, mm-hmm. figured into the show, kind of trying to learn a bit of the stuff that goes on backstage first, you know, so it's a, it's all kind of a new learning experience from what I'm uh, used to.
0: Have you ever been, I, I mean, I know you worked New Japan for, for quite a long time, yeah. they do quite a few arenas and stuff like that, uh-huh. have you seen anything kind of similar to this before? Well, in New Japan we do a pay-per-view once a month, mm. and
1: I guess those, Shows will be on a similar scale, but again, that's once a month. This is like every week, you know, nonstop. And it's like it's Monday and Tuesday as well at SmackDown. So like it's a, like the, just the scale is just like it's unbelievable.
0: And how long have you been in the WWE now?
1: I signed, I want to say last April, started at the Performance Center in Orlando in August. And now it is April. Right, right, right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's you know, eight months maybe here in the States. Because kinda- you,
0: you had a pretty big name kind of on the independent scene and overseas i would always hear about prince Devitt and fergal yeah. Devitt, and that's kind of a name that stands out like fergal like what the hell's a fergal <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. but was it you know was it hard for you to kind of leave that behind and come to the W something that you had thought about for a while uh did you ever get a chance earlier and say no nah, i want to wait and work for new japan a little bit more uh, yeah this uh, this a long story so um
1: you know i kind of you know somehow found my way after six years of like wrestling around england and you know a little bit kind of like dipping my toes in in the states you know i got picked up by new japan like you know and it was a blessing you know and they kind of took me in and uh, as one of their young boys and kind of trained me up there and you know was, well, was of- there somebody that
0: you worked with that, from japan
1: that led you there no what happened was um i was working with a company in england called hammerlock wrestling mm-hmm. and they were a member of the nwa Mm. So once a year, the NWA would have a convention in the states where all the member, all uh, uh, oh, the
0: presidents of all yeah, the different you know, they, territories, did all, have
1: a, did all have a meeting, and basically it was just like you know an, an AGM where they all you know get drunk or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd gone a couple of years, and one year I was going to represent the UK, and it was in Nashville, and uh, I'd done a match there against Drew Onyx, who was uh, one of the Quebec guys, mm-hmm. and Dave Marquez, who was uh, one of the Los Angeles guys, uh, seen me. And he said, you know, I'd really love you to come down and train with us, which was NWA kind of, I want to say California, I'm not sure, but he had a, an alliance with the Inoki Dojo in California too, in Los Angeles. So he invited me to go train at the Inoki Dojo. So okay. I ended up training at the Inoki Dojo for about four or five months. And that's how the, you know, I guess uh, the president of New Japan at the time came over. To the kind of scout guys at the Anoki dojo, and he seen me, and that was it. Because
0: you, you did you did really well in in New Japan. Yeah. You were like the uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, yeah, correct? Yeah, a couple times. Yeah, and so how did you like that
1: style over there? I loved it. You know, um, it was it was very raw, kind of organic, kind of style, and it it was perfect for me because I'd kind of uh, they kind of stripped down what i had already learned in england which was a lot of kind of catch-as-catch-can and kind of tailored it to their style so mm-hmm. um you know it was it was a kind of i don't want to say easy like transition but you know something that i wasn't always like you know the most charismatic person or the most flamboyant person i was just like really kind of straight laced and i think like i kind of fitted in well mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in new japan at the time so uh you know they took me in under their wing and you know uh, jado Jad gato liger all those guys like you know were hands on in my training so it's like you know coming like from a small town in Ireland and like being trained by these guys that I'd watched on tapes with yourself and you know in the the J Cups or the Super Juniors you know from like 95 96 Mm -hmm. and like being in the ring with them and like you know just picking up like little things that you wouldn't even think of like uh, by watching it or or trying to study a tape when when it's actually hands on like you know feeling uh, it, it was just an amazing experience and I guess uh because I was brought in as a as a dojo boy I guess the fans kind of took to me a little bit more then cuz I was one of their own cuz you as grew a, up
0: with them Yeah, yeah. you know
1: and I, you know I was only 24 at the time you know and they see me like as you know this kind of young kid trying to trying to enter their system and uh, you know it, uh, it it was an amazing time you know I'm so thankful for for everything you So you
0: actually trained in the dojo Yeah yeah I was uh, I was like full young boy so I'd like
1: you know be woken up at 7:30 uh, you know, we'd have to clean the toilets, go out, clean the ring, sweep outside the streets, you know, hose it down because all the cat pee on the street and all that <laughs> Then, you know, we prepare the food, uh, you know, wash the, the senpais, which is, the you know, mm-hmm. the, the senior wrestlers. Senpais uh, are the mentors. yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're the kohai. Yeah, I'm the kohai, yeah. So I was like uh, Devit-chan, you know, which is, you know, like kind of junior.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like uh, a little baby, right? Yeah, Devit-chan. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, and, you know, you just basically run all the errands for uh for the older wrestlers and whatever had to be done and it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a hazing i guess you know
0: it is kind of a hazing and that's what i was going to say i mean there's been a lot of allegations over the last few months about some people's training methods etc etc but when you talk about japanese training it is a hazing and there'll be people that say well what does cleaning the streets have to do with pro wrestling but to me and it was like Calgary was like that too you're learning the discipline exactly yeah
1: you're learning discipline and you're learning kind of a a respect for the craft that you've been taught you know and it's kind of like course you're getting paid to work for new japan and mm-hmm. you're getting trained by these wrestlers so you know it's a, it's a small price to pay you know just you know it's basically like the chores that have to be done and you're doing the chores. right
0: yeah yeah you're yeah. doing the chores yeah, yeah, yeah. what was it like what were some of the like the the training methods were there some hard ones i remember one that we used to, have to do was you used to have to bridge back over a tire
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's still uh, <laughs> still going to this day. Yeah, you know we do. We used to do a lot of um, like climbing the rope up and down. You know, like just just by hand, like
0: like, like the rope in gym class sort of thing. Yeah, or? yeah. Okay. Like and
1: you're not allowed to use your feet, and you have to like go up like ten times. You know. Wow. Uh, what was the other things? Yeah, lots of other things. Like endless amounts of push ups. You know, five hundred thousand squats out the gate. You know, so like ten a.m. It's like a thousand squats. So like, that's how the warm up basically.
0: So, we we had that uh in calgary with yeah. uh in the dungeon well it was called the heart brothers wrestling camp but lance and i had to do it where we got up to 500 hack squats a day oh yeah and i'll tell you what like i said in my book have anybody at home listening do 10 right now yeah just do 10 and see how you feel after 10 and then now now multiply that by 50 or whatever it may be it's yeah. it's, it's that's crushing yeah that's crushing yeah well you know
1: uh it is crushing but it's it's really kind of a mind over matter kind of deal and yeah you know, you know if you can do one the idea is you can do a thousand you know and it's basically just like kind of you know have you got the balls to do it and stick with it and not give up and i think that's a lot of the mentality of the japanese like way of training is that way is like you know the fighting spirit don't give up that's right keep going you know so uh i think that that that's kind of the, th- the theory behind doing those like mass amount of reps on, on push-ups and squats
0: was there any other gaijin, uh any other foreigners there when you were there? Not at all. Uh, just you? It was just me, yeah. The first, uh,
1: I want to say the first year I was the only guy that was there full time. At the time, uh, I was the only kind of foreigner in the dojo, but then they would bring in on the tours, uh, actually Brock was the champion when I first started. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, I'd met him, but then um, uh, Albert, who mm-hmm. was uh, Tensei. Or Giant Bernard. Giant Bernard in, yeah. in in New Japan, yeah. He was there, you know, and we became great friends there, you know. And, uh, you know, Tomko came in. But, of course, they weren't there, like, full-time. They'd be mm-hmm. in for two weeks, and then they'd be gone, and they'd stay at the hotel. So, you know, I'd only really see them at the show. So I was, like, you know, I was, like, in up to my neck, like, in, in with the Japanese guys, you know. Did you learn how to speak Japanese? I learned a little bit, but I think... Uh, I think I actually taught all the Japanese guys how to speak English, you
0: know, (laughs) or broken English. So I
1: think it worked better for them than uh, than my way. See, but
0: that's a skill. I used to say speaking broken English. Yeah. Because you can go speak it. Jado and Gato, best examples. Like when I was, when they, we started together in Mexico. First time I was in Mexico, they were living there. I took them to a restaurant, bought them a hot dog in about 92 or 93 because they didn't have any money. Yeah. And so we kind of grew up together. We were in WAR together and yeah. that sort of thing. So I remember learning broken English so I could communicate with them. Yeah. Because if you say, hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? Huh? How, how, how are you? Good? Some, you want something to drink? Yeah. Maybe go something, CD yeah. shop something? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but that's kind of you have to have that skill as well
1: yeah yeah and this was like of course this was i want to say like 2006 or something so this was before like iphones and like you know right. Sky, skype and everything and before like wi-fi was kind of common you know so uh, i was really cut off from the outside world so i had not like n- no alternative but to kind of immerse myself in it and i remember like at, at the time uh naito Tatsuya, who's one of the one of the heavyweights there now like he hadn't got a lick and he was a young boy at the time he did not got a lick of english and uh like, I remember, like we, we just sat like you know opposite each other trying to eat dinner, and like he had like one of these old flip phones that like had some <laughs> sort of like translation method, like <laughs> method on it. So like, he'd type something in Japanese, and like it'd come up on the screen in English, and then I'd type back in English and hand it back to him. And uh, but, you know, and now he speaks great English, and my Japanese isn't too good. Is that, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I always tried to learn Japanese because I spent a lot of time over there too, and by myself, being one of the only foreigners in W A R. Yeah, not in the dojo, but I remember one time I think it was there like five weeks. All yep. the way through, and maybe there's a two week period where there was no one else there. Yeah, and um, it's hard. So what I try to do because Japanese is different in the northern part and in the southern yeah. part, different dialect. Yeah. So you could try and learn Tokyo Japanese, and then you go to Osaka and speak, and then no one understands what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Which is the worst.
1: Yeah. There was uh, there was another thing like I'd see a lot of guys come and go, and they'd all have their little books, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, trying to trying to learn the Japanese. But um, you know I'd see them come and go all the time and I used to joke then like you know well you know they're they're too busy trying to learn Japanese I'm here to learn wrestling you know so, <laughs> so, so I stuck yeah. around so uh, that, that was my little joke
0: what I did was I learned how to read it oh you know wow. there's uh, Kanji and Katakana yeah, yeah. Katakana's like their alphabet is close that alphabet is close to our alphabet like yep. two strokes for yep. example so I used to, I went to a library what an archaic nerd idea (laughs) couldn't google back in 95 and uh then I would carry this little thing that I photocopied with all the characters on it and then I'd drive down the highway and read the trucks you know the side of the trucks I used to buy uh Pro wrestling magazines, or there's yep. a music magazine called Burn Magazine, and I just taught myself how to read that. Yep. So at least I could read. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't speak a word. If we went and got a menu, I could order, you know, a spaghetti mito <laughs> sauce. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But that's a pretty cool thing. That's something that's a pretty rare. You, you know, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, guys did that all the time. But now, to get into the New Japan Dojo, foreign yeah. guys don't get get that offer very often. Yeah, no,
1: you know, I was very lucky, and I was, uh, you know, I kind of jumped in head first and you know it's it's something i'll never forget and i'm very thankful for mm. uh, but you know the opportunity came to come here and it was time to move I'm sure yeah did
0: you did you have the name fergal Devitt, and then in japan they changed it yes so what happened was i, w-
1: I would always wrestle as fergal Devitt everywhere. is that your name yeah name? that's my that's my official okay, name. name yeah right. and uh, uh what's it called fergal fergal At yeah it's, it's an irish name you know okay, yeah. but um uh so yeah i got to japan and like you know they've problems pronouncing ors yeah problems pronouncing f's problems pronouncing l's yeah so
0: like
1: when they <laughs> were trying to like yeah them. when they were trying to How say like, yeah uh, figaro <laughs> figaro <laughs> yeah and uh and uh you know i think i was there about three weeks and uh, they made me have like a tryout match before one of the shows in sendai and uh you know it was so intimidating all the boys were sat like just around the ring and i was in like uh, working on the fly against taguchi and this, uh, is thi- this is before the show this is before the show yes empty like, arena empty arena yeah. just the boys watching and it's like basically just like a, a, a trial for me mm-hmm. and uh, I guess it was a five minute match and, and we finished up and uh, Ricky Chosu, who was the booker at the time pulls me on and he goes hmm, uh, next week you start I was like yeah okay and uh, he goes hmm, what's name I said uh, Fergal Devitt and he goes hmm, no King Devitt I was like, uh, okay, cool. I <laughs> had uh, no choice, you know. But uh, I guess in the week uh, that you know they kind of molded over and they said, oh well, he's only twenty-four, or whatever. Uh, well, he's not old enough. Yeah, to be he's a not king old yet. enough to be a king. He's only a mere prince, you know. So, uh, so that's how the name came about. Like you know, just in the you know blink of an eye.
0: Did they tell you before that, oh, this, now you're going to be Prince, or did you just come to, come to the ring and they said it?
1: Uh, no, they, they told me before. They said, oh, we're thinking about, you know, maybe not King, maybe Prince. And I was like, oh, I don't really like either. How about just David? You know? And they're like, no, 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 we want Prince So <laughs>
0: yeah. I used to say that when I was in Mexico, you have to give your name if you're going to take a bus. Uh-huh. And I'd say uh, Chris Jericho, and they'd be like, hey, chico, okay? <laughs> Chris Jericho, hey, chico, okay? And I just finally would say, name, nombre? jose sanchez <laughs> and they kind of laugh and then just write on the ticket i know they can't mess that up yeah you know, hey, just call me jose yeah. sanchez yeah you know who's living large at my house my three cats mr mittens indy and snickers and you know why because we switched them to pretty litter okay so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large thanks to pretty litter because pretty litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty Litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight every single week between my daughters, this makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time. Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20% terms and conditions apply see site for details Talk is Jericho So continuing with Finn Balor and uh well I'm going to be honest with you man um, I got a little bit of a bone to pick with you okay It's called lighted jacket Oh yeah pal okay cuz that's what I first started hearing about um Prince Devitt, and then it's yeah. like, Ah, oh, Prince Devitt wears a lighted jacket, and I was like, I was, I was wondering when someone else would pick up on this. I mean, it's a pretty cool thing. But where did you get the idea for that? Okay, the idea came uh, when they decided for me to switch to a
1: heel, which mm-hmm. I was like really excited about because I hadn't worked heel oh, out yeah, there, especially I, over there. Yeah, so much and, and, uh, from the heel. You know, I'd been about like five and a half, six years like straight laced babyface, and I kind of felt like I'd kind of not peaked, but uh, kind of done all I could do, and mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of wasn't, it wasn't kind of as creatively fulfilled anymore and uh you know they said oh, would you turn and i said absolutely you know and uh it was gato's idea he w- he was down the booker you know and he said you know i was thinking like you do kind of like a, a double j jeff jarrett so kind of cocky heel and you mm-hmm. know would get you like you know like his light up uh like his light up uh glasses but in a jacket and i was like okay okay and of course like at the time i wasn't aware that you were doing the light up jacket because wwe wasn't aired Right. The, on the tv that we had at the dojo so like you know we only had like the the local terrestrial channels or whatever and uh you know i i'd kind of tuned out from watching wwe at the time i was kind of fully immersed in new japan and uh it wasn't until like we debuted my jacket that i became aware of your jacket <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, so kinda, you weren't first
1: okay. uh, was i first i do i, no, I don't know who was first oh, okay but i wasn't aware if you were first i wasn't aware if you were doing it right, or, right, right. Or, or, well or i wasn't person. aware if you were doing it okay, so there you go
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> where did you get yours made
1: uh what it was was uh, i actually had an endorsement with armani exchange so uh like you know they used to get me into like some, armani suits and stuff yeah yeah so they used wow. to get me in to do like some photos and stuff and uh, in return to give me like you know some free clothes or whatever and uh and uh, was this uh, in Japan? This, this was in Japan, yeah, okay. in, in Armani in Shibuya. And, uh, you know, they brought me in one day and they said, you know, take whatever you want. If you can wear, like, one of our jackets to the ring, we would love that. So it was actually an Armani exchange, like, leather jacket. And then we just had it customized with the lights.
0: So, really? Yeah. So how did your lights turn on? We're t- this is jacket okay. talk here with, okay, with yeah. Devin Jericho. My,
1: my lights actually turn on with it. an or remote control, just like your TV. Ah. So I had it in my pocket. But the sensor was on the bottom of the zip, like Uh uh, at your waist, you know? So, like, I had to take it out of my pocket and in the dark kind of make sure I had because it was like a square one and it felt like the same each way you held it you know so like I had to like figure out and it was like it, it was hard to like hit, kind of find a button and then hit the like cue to, to the sound of the music and everything but uh, there was a couple times it didn't trigger properly you know or there was a couple short circuits on you know one side of the jacket or something
0: I'll tell you what man I am more stressed out about whether or not the jacket is going to work than I am about the match yeah literally because you're right. I, I when you, as soon as you're saying this, I'm having the same flashbacks yeah. in my head. There was there was one pay per view I didn't wear
1: it because we were uh, we were in the locker room beforehand, and I was like switching it on and off once or twice, making sure it was working. And smoke started coming out of the, like little circuit board because like mine was wired with like some crazy circuit board that I could actually change the sequence and the colors.
0: Right, okay. so like it would
1: change from like blue lights to yellow to green, yeah. whatever. And uh, I guess it was the, the short, the the, the circuit board short-circuited, and it was literally smoke coming out. <laughs> I'm like wearing it out there, I'm, like risking like turning into a ball of flames.
0: <laughs> so was yours um, just on one piece on the back, or was it all the way through the jacket?
1: It was all. It was all the way through. It was one piece, like wow. real rock and
0: roll on the back. Then it was like. Uh, Lights down
1: each sleeve like stripes, and then uh, they kind of follow down like the middle, mm-hmm. the, the center, and uh, and around the kind of the bottom waist part of it as so well. So did
0: New Japan pay for that? They paid for it, yeah. And I it think it cost
1: a pretty penny too.
0: Oh yeah, those are expensive. Yeah, yeah. And when it died, would you have to send it to a repairman, or was yeah, there they, somebody on site that could do it for no, you? No,
1: they, they would send it back.
0: Yeah. See, that's the thing, and here's the problem: like when you have. I liken it to like you know let's say Kiss goes to do a show and they lose the makeup like in you know in the luggage yeah. it's like you can't play a show without makeup and I you know I can't go to the ring without a jacket Yeah, you know even one time because I have three of them and they're in constant state of rotation and repair uh-huh. and thankfully one of them is working great now but don't jinx it. Don't <laughs> jinx it. But when I was in Australia last time, I had the, the, the blue one, the first one, and it died. Like, I was trying to keep it together, and it finally just died. And we were in Perth, and I was working Wyatt. I can't come to the ring without the jacket. What am I going to do? Yeah. So I had Wyatt go to the ring and cut a promo on one of the fans and threaten he was going to come out of the ring right now and beat up one of the fans. Uh-huh. And then I'm coming out of the ring right now to beat you up, and then my music gets and I run down the ring like Ultimate Warrior and yeah. clear the ring. But that's the problem. It's like when that thing dies, yeah. people are like, oh
1: and mine was like a rechargeable battery pack too so yeah. uh so i think it had like a 15 minute time time span like that it could be on for right like you know the, sometimes the boys would put it on the locker room backstage messing see? around with it and you know then the battery would be almost flat when i'm running out there and stuff see
0: that happened to me in yeah. wrestlemania when i had the the there's one that's like it's i call it the red one it's got like hundreds of light bulbs and i came back into the dressing room it was like one of them domes in miami or something or uh yeah miami and everyone's laughing, Christian and Brodus Clay. He, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Finally, they show me pictures of them wearing it. And like Brodus Clay is like fat guy in a little coat, and Christian's like you know a, a broom wearing this jacket. But I go <laughs> to go out to the ring, and 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 people know this story. And I, I test it one last time as I'm about to work for the world title against CM Punk, and the whole right side is dead. Oh, and it's yeah. like those bastards they're trying it on <laughs> think it's a joke and look what happens yeah. I was furious man but it's hard so so w- w- I guess you don't do that anymore obviously when you came here no
1: uh, the jacket is now retired uh, in Japan and they, I think they kept it yeah they kept it yeah yeah, yeah they wanted to keep it they, uh, Gato when I was leaving you know uh, he he said
0: I keep your gimmick I keep your gimmick for when you come back <laughs> I was like yeah okay cool <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> if not, it, yeah. not it'd end up on eBay yeah probably. how'd you like those guys shadow and Gato oh they're
1: incredible you know they really took me under their wing and, mm-hmm. you know, i travel with them sometimes and, uh, you know, they taught me a lot. So uh, I still keep in touch with them to this day, you know, so they're great.
0: Great guys. And, and the one thing, it was the same for me when I was... Uh Actually, there was the three of them. It was Fuyuki, Jado, and Gato. And Gato got hurt, so they put me in their place. And that was my first big heel thing on the... We were called Team No Respect. Yeah. And I learned a lot about being a heel from those guys and from Fuyuki. uh, Actually, Fuyuki was the guy. And, uh, I mean, people a lot of times say that... You know, Japanese wrestling has a lot of, like, no psychology and blah, blah, blah. But those guys have really good psychology. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they taught me a lot of psychology as well.
1: Actually, like, in the eight years that I was in Japan, my favorite match was against Gedo. Really? Yeah, and it was, like, only recently, maybe. And I was working heel. And he was supposed to be heel, but because, you know, Japanese, he, he was yeah. a Japanese guy and whatever. And uh, he was, like, super over babyface. It was at Cork and Hall. And uh, I want to say it was, like, 2013 uh, in July man, okay. It was. It was. Uh, it was. It was that a hot, classic. Yeah. Quote. Yeah. Even like I was. La- I was laying on the laying on the mat, and he was going up for his like, super fly splash, and like I was even thinking to myself, "Oh, like I'm really enjoying this one." You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little stiff
0: bastard, yeah. though he lands on. He's like squish. <laughs> yeah. So man, that must have been pretty hard. So you were eight years there as a regular. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Full. So full time. Yeah. What finally prompted you to
1: make the switch? Well, believe it or not, I was contacted in, like, 2009 with a, a possibility of coming here and um, I felt like I kind of hadn't, like, you know, I hadn't really achieved anything at the time in, in, in New Japan so I decided, you know, I was kind of kind of riding a little bit of a wave at the time and I said I'm going to stick it stick it out. In 2010 then they gave me, like, that big push where I won the belt and I think I won the tag team belts and I won the best of the super junior all in, like, that year so I said, you know, that was a good decision. Uh, then I think the next year I might have signed, like, a two-year contract so, like, that kind of kept me there another little while mm-hmm. uh i was on the verge of kind of you know toying with the idea of coming to the wwe again when they pitched the idea of me turning heel so then i was like okay i want to stay he- uh, stay here and do the heel thing so that ended up being like another maybe year and a half but i felt like you know uh i'd done the heel thing the bullet club was getting over with what we were doing at the time were and you then, in the
0: bullet club originally
1: yeah i was the one who came up with it and okay the, wow put, put uh, yeah i pitched the name and
0: Really? Kind of the whole thing, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that you yeah. were the uh, originator of that, because that's hugely over now. Yeah, yeah, club. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, they wanted me to turn heel, and uh, it, apparently it was it was going to be just me and Folly, uh, King Folly, who was... Uh, Where's he from? He's from Tonga, but out of New Zealand. Okay. Was a rugby player in Japan. Gotcha. Quit, quit rugby. Now, this
0: isn't uh, King Haku's son, because there's a guy... No, yeah.
1: So, he he came in... the same. Uh, Kind it's, of the same time. What's but, his name? Ta- uh, Tamatonga. Tamatonga. Yeah, right. Okay. But um, what happened? It was it was meant to be me turning heel with King Folley as my bouncer, similar to Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Diesel he was your job. heater, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and uh, but then I guess Gato had this idea. You know, I might as well just lump all the all the foreign guys together. So it was Carl Anderson. It was Tamatonga. So he, he put us together, and um, he said, you know, come up with a name for next week, and you know, I'm going to debut you on the pay per view. You're going to beat up Tanahashi, and you know, hopefully you'll get over okay cool so i remember like going back to the dojo one night and i'm scribbling down lots of little names you know trying to figure out what it's going to be and i didn't want it to be like three letters because that would kind of NWO, yeah and I, I didn't want it to be there something or i didn't want it to be you know something 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 so i remember coming up with this name and uh i was like bullet club that's kind of that's kind of cool you know and i remember like uh, Dex- we're,
0: we're bullet club though why bullet club? Yeah, like bullet well, train? What,
1: or? Yeah, no, so what, So what? Uh, I was trying to tie everyone's kind of character together so I'd been doing this thing where I was a real shooter, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of used to make fun of Minoru Suzuki saying, like, you know, because he's an actual shooter. Right. So I'd say, well, I'm a real shooter, you know, I'd like, you know and I'd, I'd just kind of <laughs> yeah. make fun of him yeah. and I'd always do this kind of the, the handgun kind of jet point gesture at him, you know, backstage of the locker room just joking around, you know, and this was about six months before like we, we even uh, you know came up with the bullet club but then, There was Carl Anderson who was known as the machine gun. Mm -hmm. So I'm the real shooter. Mm. He's the machine gun. How do I tie all this together? Okay, we all fire bullets. Right. So then it was like I had like Bullet Club. Uh, I had to like, uh, there was Bullet Parade. There was maybe Bullet League and then Bullet... Club <laughs> and all I, I my reme- boys, I, yeah. There was, there, was, there was a couple of them, you know. And uh I remember texting uh Carl Anderson, whose real name's Chad. You know, he's one of my best buddies. And uh, I texted him. I said, "Look, I have these, this list of names. Do you want to look, look at them?" And he goes, "Bro, I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> call it whatever you want." And I was like, "All right, cool." So, <laughs> so um, yes. Yeah, so I pitched the name, and even at the time, they're like. You know, <laughs> the, like the boys were, you know, on the fence about it, and the office kind of couldn't pronounce it because they were saying Barretto, Barretto Bar- Club, Barretto Barret Barret Club. Barret Club. Barret Club. But uh, you know, it, it, you know, it went from strength to strength and it got over. So,
0: and what was it that made it get over? Because like everybody wears those shirts even over here in this country.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was over before those shirts came out, but I think it was just we were the only people that were kind of working proper heel. You know. Ah, yeah. You yeah, know? and like i'd went from being this like super straight laced baby face doing all of these high spots and dives to like i completely <laughs> changed my offense to like you know eye pokes not mm-hmm. shots and like i wouldn't do any of the fancy stuff anymore And i think they kind of felt disrespected that and like that i'd really turn my back on the kind of the japanese yeah. culture and my upbringing like you know but in the dojo and stuff so i think that you know that had a big part to play in it now it's kind of the cool thing and i, I they're almost babyface now as opposed to being heels but yeah. like like the first I want to say six months like I was told that the office had to set up a complaints number and like it had to be manned like you know eight hours a day at the New Japan office like uh, Prince Devitt cheated behind the referee's back like in every Super Junior match he took you know the, the pads off the, the ring posts you know <laughs> you know King Fale like interferes every time the guy goes outside
0: the ring and it was uh but, uh, know, Prince it, Devon, you keep that behavior up, you'll never be a king. Yeah, you I know. see? <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love Japan just for that reason. Like you said, like there's actually yeah. a, a hotline set up. Yeah. To field the disrespect. Yeah. That's why, like, for, when I told you our name, which Gato, Jericho, and Fuyuki, we were called Team No Respect. Yeah. And that was like, you know, here being called Team F Off or something yeah. it's like No Respect. Oh, you can't <laughs> say No Respect. Yeah. You know, I mean, so so, so you turn heel. And then you kind of worked a few more years. What made you finally decide now's the time? Well, now was the time. So I was, I
1: am 33, and I felt, you know, if I don't do it now, kind of time might be running out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I kind of toyed with the idea, kind of trying to get a really long term contract in Japan. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the way the company was set up, they couldn't really do it. You know, they could give me a two year contract. And I thought, you know, if I'm 35, trying to leave New Japan to come to America might be a little bit too late. So right. I thought, you know, uh, with, Kind of great hesitation and uh, kind of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I decided to to make the move.
0: Yeah, to take yeah. the chance, man. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. You know, I, I did have to take the chance, and I didn't want to be like forty looking back, saying, you know, God, mm-hmm. I, I wish I had tried it. But you know, I was really apprehensive about coming because you know, I had such a great life in Japan. Like you know, all my friends were there. I'd still get to go home maybe about once a month back to Ireland to see my my parents yeah you were living in Ireland still? yeah yeah, yeah. you know and I'd, I'd kind of started to re-establish a life in Ireland then as well at the time because you get Japanese styles, you go for two or three weeks yeah then you come home for two or three weeks yeah exactly you know yeah. and uh, you know I was I was kind of getting to work a lot of Indies again in in Europe and the UK that I used to love doing and, you know I had a lot of friends there doing that and I was kind of like I'd, I'd kind of fall into a really nice groove and a kind mm-hmm. of a com- comfortable lifestyle and, you know, I was really... Like, a lot of people would say, you know, you don't want to go to WWE you now. They won't let you do this. They won't let you do that. And I was I was, I was apprehensive about coming here, but, you know, it's eight months later and I'm having the time of my life, you know.
0: It, it, did you always have a dream of coming to the WWE? Was that always your goal or...?
1: Honestly, like, I always just had a dream about being a wrestler. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just wanted to have one match. I didn't care where it was, you know. And <laughs> Like, you know, I'd, uh, I finally had one match and I want to have a second one. And then, like, you know, I kind of okay I want to I've been wrestling in England a couple of years and okay I want to have a match in America you know and you know of course the NWA convention would come up and I want to go to that convention you know so I'd have that match it was just kind of you know little steps little steps and by the time I was in New Japan like I was still kind of even though I was six years in I was really green you know and like I'd only kind of you know hadn't wrestled much kind of established guys or kind of you know I don't know I don't think I was as good as I should have been for being six years in the, in the business mm-hmm. and then um, it was kind of like a new beginning then you know starting with New Japan and the way things were going with New Japan like I was really happy and I would have I would have probably like wrestled there for the rest of my life if I could have so did, uh, did
0: you call they call WWE or did they keep calling you from time to time
1: yeah they would they would call they would call me and check up on me you know it was it was something probably if they hadn't reached out I wouldn't have pursued mm-hmm. it to be honest I was so, I was so happy and comfortable and you know I was kind of creatively fulfilled and they were kind of letting me you know do my own thing yeah do what you want you're over so you do what you want
0: yeah how did they react when you told them that you were going to leave
1: uh i think they were a little bit disappointed at at the beginning but i guess they understood and they were always kind of expecting it to happen eventually Mm -hmm. uh i felt but uh you know the door they left the door wide open for, for me to come back and you know we parted on on great terms so
0: it is interesting to me because there's a lot of uh hype and a lot and deservedly so about nxt about how you know the the guys are great and they're really great workers but it really is to me kind of the next coming of like my generation of guys where you guys all either worked in the indies in the states like the ring of honors or those type of things or worked in japan you know or in some case a combination of both so when you guys are coming to NXT. Of course, you guys are tearing up because you got ten, twelve years experience worldwide. Yeah, you're not just rookies coming in for the first time. But I think a lot of people that don't really know what NXT is don't really understand that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, uh, you know, having NXT,
1: like I guess if I had a came to WWE and just went like straight into developmental and like you know been left to kind of kind of rot you know, <laughs> yeah yeah i don't want to say rot but you know kind of figure it out kind of down to performance center you know and, and not being given that outlet of you know getting to perform in front of people uh you know it would have been really really difficult adjustment mm. but and even like the first two months at the performance center or the first month i wasn't allowed even in the ring really yeah i just had to sit out and watch like people rolling and you so, know, they, uh, so
0: they treat you guys like you're young boys yeah
1: and uh, it, it's kind of you know, it's kind of to help you kind of adjust to, you know, being in a different country mm-hmm. and, and whatever, kind of learn a different system to meet everyone. So, you know, you're not kind of, you know, too stressed out about actually having to work. But for me, like, I was just itching to get in there. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they make you s- sit sit out and watch for the first month. And, you know, that was hard enough. And then, you know, I wasn't kind of booked on shows for maybe two months. So by the time I got in there, like, that was probably <laughs> the longest I'd had off in, like, maybe six years, you know
0: probably the most money you'd ever made (laughs) (laughs) but
1: um but uh but yeah having that like nxt to to kind of you know go go in like kind of head first and you know been given you know a lot and we are we're given a lot of freedom down there Mm -hmm. you know and uh it's it's been incredible getting to work with you know triple h and uh you know road dog because triple h is very
0: hands-on yeah down there right yeah yeah. i mean yeah i would assume that yourself and, and Kevin Owens and uh, Tommy and the, they're kind of hand-picked guys Triple H is picking you guys or, or at least being said, hey, this guy here, you know, Devitt is from uh, you know, he's killing it in Japan you might want to sign him. I mean, he's kind of in charge of the whole signing uh, over in NXT. Is that correct? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, my my point
1: of contact was always William Regal. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you know, we'd actually built up a relationship over the last couple of years. Uh, I'd been Because Regal would understand What it's like to come from Yeah you know I'd I'd, I'd been introduced to him A long time ago And uh, you know He's kind of He's kind of been looking out For me for a long time So I think he was the person Who might have Introduced me to Triple H And uh, you know Kind of went from there Yeah
0: Did you feel uh, Any kind of like uh, When they told you You'd have to go to NXT Oh, not at all. No, no. You kind of uh, knew that's how it was. No,
1: yeah, I, I kind of knew how it was going to be. You know, you'd have to kind of. Th- the way it was explained to me was was um, treat NXT as a territory, mm-hmm. and you know you're going into a territory and you got to get over. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know that's
0: that's the way I uh, I'm trying to apply myself at the moment. So. Hopefully Did you working. have any issues with uh, the style? You know, American style is a little bit different from Japanese style, obviously. Yeah. No. Uh, it is a lot different, you know, and uh, it was more. What
1: was more difficult was uh working to the cameras. Mm. Because uh in Japan you just go out there and you have a match and they shoot you, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here it's you know it's a uh, it's can that camera shoot me and it's kind of me worrying about uh what what angles the cameraman can get as opposed to you know in japan i'm just going out there to wrestle and make sure you get this kind of, you know <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah so it, yeah it's been uh, it's been interesting kind of learning that style and working the hard cam mm-hmm. whereas you know we don't
0: necessarily do that in japan but um i was told years ago when i first started in, in wcw uh this guy called jackie crockett and i've told this story before on the show but we were talking about something and he was the cameraman yeah. and we were talking about the night show and he goes listen let me tell you something he said when you're in the ring find me I said, "Why? Because I'll make you look like a star," and I never forgot that. And I always looked for Jackie Crockett whenever I was selling, whenever I was, you know, doing anything with some facials. And lo and behold, whenever I watched it back, he would always, he would always get that shot, yeah. you know. And that's the number one rule, I think, when you come, like you mentioned, from Japan or Mexico or the Indies, you got to find the camera here because Vince will tell you, your yeah. money is your face, yeah, you know. And that's. That the, the cameraman can make you a star if you let them.
1: Yeah, no, I, and it's so true. You know, I'd go out in Japan and wrestle for twenty five minutes, and uh, you know, as soon as the bells, you know, as soon as one, two, three bell rings, and I'd be like a bolt, Usain Bolt up the up the, <laughs> up the ramp and back into the locker room. You know, yeah. but uh, you know, we do an NXT match, and you know, there's referees on the floor telling you know, stay there, stay, yeah, there, stay yeah. there and I'm kind of like thinking like I'm hogging the camera, like oh, I feel stupid. Like you know, can I get out of here now and stuff? And uh, it's not until you actually watch it back and how it's cut up on TV, mm-hmm. and then like you see me kind of leaving the frame like really early. Yeah, you know, yeah. Ah, now I see why yeah. I should stay there longer. You know? If
0: you think you're taking too long, take longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's always the rule. Yeah. Ah The sweet sound of sports you love from sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court) The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Let's talk about it. I mean, you mentioned earlier about not having uh, the promo experience, all that, but we mentioned the lighted jacket. And I just watched your match um, from TakeOver. Or maybe it is called Takeover, NXT Takeover, uh, the one that you had with uh, with Adrian. Yeah, um, Rivals. Rivals. Yep. Sorry, it's NXT Takeover Rivals. Yes, sir. And it, honestly, it was the first time I'd ever watched you know the entrance, and the entrance that we're talking about with the the paint on, and I'm assuming it's some kind of like a Venom type thing, a Spider Man esque. It's incredible. I mean, the, the entrance is absolutely amazing. And to me, when I see this, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, that's a star. That's a star right there. Tell us about, uh, and if you haven't seen Fergal, you need to go watch him now. Full torso up body paint basically culminating in his face where the chin is the top of the mouth and the chest is the bottom of the mouth with fangs. It's incredible. It's one of those things that people, kids, will dress up as for Halloween where did you get the idea for that have you have, is the paint taken over from the lighted jacket is it something you always were doing tell us about that
1: Um yeah the paint the idea behind the paint was I felt the light-up jacket was too baby-facey and mm-hmm. the Bullet Club was going too baby-facey at the time in Japan and I wanted to like re- really point I, I really wanted to kind of nip it in the bud and uh, we had a big match coming up at uh, the Tokyo Dome I was working kind of I, I was still a junior heavyweight champion I was working the you know top uh, kind of babyface challenger Ibushi and uh, I wanted to really establish that I am the heel and he is uh, the babyface and I thought you know I gotta take away everything that the people like about me (laughs) and my uh, the original idea was cover myself head to toe in black paint so no one could even see me so I just looked like a kind of a shadow on the ring that was that was the original idea like um, a ninja <laughs> yeah, you know it kind of uh, what happened was uh, I pitched this idea to Gato who was a booker he said yeah okay you know maybe maybe it's okay so I tracked down a painter and uh, a, a body paint artist when she came on the day of course I must point out that Machine Gun one of my best friends Carl Anderson he said this is the stupidest idea you've ever had. <laughs> this is the worst. You know, this is just just tops all the rest of them. But uh, the the girl when, uh, that was doing the, the makeup on the day when she came, she kind of had a portfolio, and I was saying, no, just black, all black. All, all I want is black. Just maybe if you do it like this, and like she was kind of starting to like flick through her portfolio book, and like all the designs that she had, like they were so like unbelievably detailed that I felt like I was kind of wasting her talent mm. by just like going going to full black. So we kind of met in the middle and uh, we kind of done kind of a demon and uh, that was the first time of course I go ahead I, uh, for me it was just going to be a once off you know and uh, what happened was uh, when I went out there I still thought I was going to like look stupid you know and uh, I wasn't sure how the crowd were going to react, react. And, uh, and it's a long walk on that Tokyo yeah. dog, you know? and like <laughs> I was like paranoid does, does everyone think I look stupid like you know so like I'm kind of like walking out there real slow but uh, you know people seem to like it and it actually turned me kind of a little bit more more over yeah, and it worked man. it worked against me then in the long run not not on the night but in in, uh, in
0: the long run i guess it got me over as a baby face i'm just envisioning uh wrestlemania with roddy piper versus bad news island that is brown we had half <laughs> yeah <laughs> black yeah. paint and half yeah. white but i mean a couple of things you touched on first of all i love hearing you say that as a heel you needed to take away everything that people liked about you that is something that a lot of people don't do and when I was a heel in 2008 and 2009 where people hated me or attacked me on the streets and blah, 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 I made sure that my biggest mission was that no anything I did that people started liking, I would stop doing. Yeah. You know, That's why I switched from long tights to shorts. That's why I dropped the countdown. That's why I wore a suit. That's why I talked very slowly. That's why any catchphrase, hypocrites, I'd stop saying it. No merchandise allowed, all that stuff. Because yeah. why give people any reason to cheer you? You know, you go out there with a lighted jacket. That's some pretty cool stuff. Yeah. And as a heel, it's like, what's taboo about this? Uh You know, it's a a, a good mindset. Don't ever forget that. Thank you. What were you um, getting painted with? What is that?
1: Uh, It's an alcohol-based paint, so it doesn't actually smudge. You can actually, like, you can sleep in it. You know, it won't, Hmm. uh, won't come off. So you need kind of a special solution to get it off.
0: So it's something you did in Japan, but like when you like, how many people across the world are are doing this? Are they official body painters? Like, how do you find them? you Google body painting, or what do yeah. you do?
1: Yeah, that's what you do. You Google uh, body painter Tokyo, and you know I'm sure you get a <laughs> list. And body painter Dublin, maybe a couple that come up. And uh, you know I'm sure uh, some of them aren't as good as others, but you know you gotta find one or two good ones.
0: So what about when you came to Orlando? Like we're talking about the what do you call that that the outfit that you had on against Neville?
1: Yeah, I call it the demon. That's the, the demon.
0: demon, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, what uh, what happened was, I guess
1: uh, the office here had seen some of the body paints I'd used in Japan, and you know I'd done a couple of different uh, versions in the UK and and that. And uh, you know they said, you know, what's the what's the logistics of getting this going here in the, in, in WWE? And I said, well, you know, give me a couple of days and I'll see see what I can do. And uh, what we done was, um, I found a guy, we tracked him down, we brought him to the performance center, had him just paint me in black. And uh, got in the ring, jumped around, you know, proved that it didn't come off on the ring and stuff, you know. Some bits come off, you know, with, with a lot mm-hmm. of rub, but uh, you know, it didn't come off too bad. And they said, okay, well, well let's, let's see if we can use this. So did you come up with the artwork for the Demon? Uh, it was kind of like a hybrid of uh, a couple different ones that I'd done. So uh, it was kind of like a, a joint, joint effort with how- some of the creative here and, and myself.
0: Oh, how long does it take for you to uh, to,
1: to, to put it on? We're talking maybe three hours three and a half four hours wow so, yeah, it's, so a, it's
0: between three and four hours yeah this is something you only do for big shows obviously yeah Yeah. so is this something that that it, I'm assuming that obviously the, the, the company loves it I know I do you know what, what's the logistics of I guess you'd have to find a different body painter in every town
1: possibly or uh, you know maybe learn to do it myself or could you do it yourself well the thing is I use it on the back sometimes on my legs and mm. things you know so it can be very tricky uh it's applied with an airbrush. So that's... That's what it is, yeah. Right. So Yeah, that, that, so that's, that's the main difficult thing. But uh, we kind of haven't looked too long-term at it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're just kind of... It's kind of in the, the infancy process at the moment. So we're, we're just going to take it one step Very unique
0: time. and original. And one thing, just from sitting back and talking to you back here, you're a very laid-back guy, kind of a quiet guy, much like Jeff Hardy. I mean, Jeff is... is even quieter than you but when he puts on his war paint he becomes you know Jeff Hardy do you feel the same way when you get that on do you become a different persona yeah absolutely you know I've just uh,
1: people kind of accuse me of being too uh, laid back or too mellow or being an introvert or whatever but um, I definitely feel like I can let myself go a lot more and kind of release that inner demon Mm. uh, uh, when I got the paint on and it's crazy because all it is is like a, it's it's a bit of makeup like it's a bit of paint but uh, it, but it's it war- does it does something to you it, cha- it, it definitely changes the way i work the way i move and uh, the way i carry myself uh, confidence levels like it, everything changes it's war paint yeah
0: that's essentially you know? that's what it is yeah, yeah it's like the old highlanders from scotland putting yeah. the paint on or the indians putting yeah. the, the you know the war paint on yeah is it weird for you to wrestle without it
1: obviously like i'd wrestled for 14 years without it and uh you know i only wrestle occasionally with it but now i kind of I've, I've started to feel naked recently like without it you know and I, even though i will be in the ring going god this would be so much cooler if i had the paint on right now you know <laughs> or you know you know you'd be standing behind the curtain waiting to make your entrance and i'd be kind of just looking down at my trunks going
0: <laughs> this <laughs> is boring yeah, this isn't this sucks. That cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know i'm, I'm making a prediction do you do you remember a uh, hakushi Oh, yeah, yeah. Where he had the, the, yeah, the I tattoos. Got, I, got to, I
1: got to work him a couple times in Japan.
0: Okay, yep. so he had the tattoos going down his body. Yeah. And I think the idea was only for big shows, and then Vince was like, no, we love it. And I think they actually had, like, decals, like stickers that they put yeah. on them. Yeah. So you're going to, I bet you it's going to be like, you know. A year from now, you're going to be in Sheboygan, Wisconsin at a house show at the Armory, and you're going to be putting that stuff on going, why did I ever think of this? I won't even be taking it off as it comes down <laughs> yeah, to that's doing right, it every yeah. day. I can just on it. it. You know? Pull under the Circle K wearing that and see what it's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How was it for you moving to the States uh, in, in, for the first time? Yeah. You came it, by yourself,
1: right? Yeah, I came by myself, yeah. Um, big adjustment, obviously, um, but believe it or not, I'm 33. I'd never learned to drive wow yeah because you know at 18 i went to england and i was kind of working over there uh, you know before i was 18 i couldn't afford a, a car or anything like that then i was i was working you know over in england and that there was kind of no need because it was kind of like a touring company where they you know they'd ship us around yeah then you know from there i went straight to japan that was again the touring company so the bus and go yeah yeah, yeah you just they pick you up and drop you off so uh this was kind of the first time i was like okay it's essential that you have to learn to drive and. Uh, Funny enough, like that was the biggest worry I had coming to the states. It wasn't about like you know impressing <laughs> like with wrestling or whatever. It was uh, it w- it was learning to drive, and yeah, you know, I'd done that in about six weeks. I got my license in six weeks. So
0: you had to go for your test. You
1: had to do the test. You had drive around a little car park. It's actually it's quite easy compared to Ireland, in what because way? Uh, well in Ireland it's uh, everything stick, mm-hmm. and you do like your your exam is maybe like an hour long, and it's like on just regular streets. You know, you got a parallel park and all. In America it's like you drive around a little car park. Yeah, you, know, you park in between <laughs> these two cones, you reverse out, make sure your blinkers on, <laughs> obey the stop sign like twenty meters ahead and that's it. You know? It but took about like, five minutes, I couldn't believe it.
0: But you're driving on the side of the road too. Uh, yeah, but right? I yeah well it's, it's not yeah, for you. Yeah, for me it was the
1: all I know, you know. So yeah. uh so even like uh you know, I'll call my dad or or my mom or my brothers and stuff and I'll tell them, Oh yeah, I'm just you know, I'm driving down Texas today. They're like you're what? Like I can't believe it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you ride with? Uh at the moment I am riding with Neville, you know, myself uh, Adrian Neville. Uh
0: So both or, you guys are, are, are UK drivers in the, yeah, the States. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's the blind leading the blind. <laughs> 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 he, uh, and it's actually me driving and he's on the GPS, but uh you know, and sometimes his Geordie accent, then I can't understand whether he's saying left or straight or right or backwards. Between the
0: two, you guys, right? You both speak English, but in the got here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: although we drove around the
0: building about six times before we got in yeah. today, <laughs> you'll get used to that. Nashville's the worst. Yeah. You can Nashville and Richmond, Virginia. I still don't know how to get in the damn building. I've worked there twenty times each. Yeah. You know, w- when you first came in, did you know a lot of the guys in NXT from from working around the world? Uh, well, uh, Matt Bloom, who's now the head coach.
1: Yeah, uh, wow, right. Yeah, uh, but at the time he was w- one of the coaches, so uh, you know he, it was obviously he was a, a huge help, and uh, Adrian Neville was there as well, and then kind of coming in at the same time as uh, as Kenta, who's Hideo Tame, and mm. uh, Kevin Owens, who's w- was Kevin right. Steen, We all kind of. I don't want to say we we. We kind of helped each other, and you know, kind of went through the adjustment together. So it was kind of. We Did had you all come in had, at the same time? Almost within like a co- couple of couple of weeks of each other, you know. So we kind of had each other to lean on, you know, and uh, you know, obviously everyone down the performance center was great, you know, and uh, you know. Even even the coaches, you know, were were a big help and helped me kind of get acclimatized to, to the states. Plus,
0: Brookside is there now, so he's a yeah, UK guy. Yeah, and
1: Brookside Terry Taylor is incredible. You know? Yeah, yeah. I've been working him closely.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. a K kayfabe Englishman. Oh yeah, yeah he is. England, yeah. Actually,
1: believe it or not, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah.
0: Did you ever uh, had you ever met Fit Finlay before? I
1: uh, I had I had met him once in Dublin uh, at a live event in Dublin. A year ago, Mm -hmm. just and uh, we we just said hello. Uh, uh, Regal had invited me backstage. Uh, I I was still kind of in the process of of signing. I was still working with New Japan at the time, but he'd invited me backstage, so I'd met Fit there. But uh, I've gotten to know him. uh, a little bit more recently, so
0: uh, kind of a legendary Irish worker. Absolutely, you know, yeah. one of the one of the greatest yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. How about Seamus? Did you know him at all? Seamus, uh, believe it or not, we actually knew each other before we set out on
1: our separate journeys. Really? Yeah, just uh, we we never worked or anything, but you know, we were both aware of uh, of each other. We met up a couple of times for for uh, for a cup of tea <laughs> and uh, to to discuss uh, where we might end up You're or from how we from might Ireland. You
0: meet up for a pint of <laughs> dark beer, man. Come on, uh, give me but, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we uh,
1: you know we'd kind of. Plot, you know, or or discuss, you know, how how the hell are we gonna go about navigating this business? And are uh, about
0: the same age, right?
1: Yeah, we're yeah, maybe He's a year, two, to year yeah. or two. year two and uh, you know, around the same time he started in developmental, uh, I got hired a, with New Japan, and we we kind of both went our separate ways. Well, so we're uh, we're back here, you know, at the same it is, time. It is kind of cool. cool that you yeah, you know, I just seen him twenty minutes ago, and we're we're backstage at Raw, and I just turned to him and said, "What a life, huh?" Yeah, and what cool. a life! It's yeah, just unbelievable. <laughs> you know, me, me and Neville, you know we knew each other from like back in 2001 at like a a wrestling camp in in Kent, England and uh, like he was just just a young lad like I want to say maybe he was only 15 because he wasn't allowed to stay over because like you could actually stay over if you are 16 Stay so over at the camp so you can sleep on site in gotcha. sleeping bags, uh, like you know, so you could then, wrestle and stay overnight, yeah. You know, it was lodgings kind of included. We just like sleep in a sleeping bag, but he was too young, so, <laughs> so apparently uh, he, he had to stay with his dad. So his dad had rented a caravan down close by, and they, they stayed. <laughs> well, like, I remember he'd done like cactus jack elbows off the ring, like in training matches at this like, little wrestling <laughs> school when he was 15. And uh, you know, of course, we kind of came up and then kind of followed similar
0: paths, you know, so, so we have a lot in common. That's cool. I mean, there's a lot of people from the UK here, which gives you a little bit of a taste of home, yeah, but yeah. what are the biggest things that you miss about Ireland?
1: I still have kind of the core group of friends that I grew up with, like mm-hmm. on the street, you know, so I'm, I miss all them, or uh, I miss, you know, the crack. Sometimes uh, the humor in the in the States isn't kind of as cutting edge or kind of close to the bone as it yeah, is back yeah, yeah. home. So like uh, when I go home, and, or if my brother comes over to see me. Uh, it takes me a while to catch up on on the speed of the whip, like you know so
0: you go straight for the juggler like you know it's a little more taking the piss more in the the UK in Ireland isn't it
1: yeah Yeah. it's just it's a little bit more I guess I've gotten a bit soft been away so long like uh, I'm uh, you know I think oh don't say that like you know (laughs) You can't that's say that. Nice. <laughs> How
0: about is there any food in Ireland that you miss something yeah. your mum makes? Or
1: and uh, no, not necessarily. You no, know, I'm very simple, simple man. Like you guys mind. are just eating like potatoes and haggis or something like that. <laughs> yeah. right? No, I miss I miss, uh, miss the Irish tea. So I get that shipped over to me. Oh, do oh, you? That's yeah. easy. Yeah, 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 little, yeah. little packets, little, right? Little tea bags. Yeah, that's it, that's it. And I I used to uh, I used to get that shipped over to me in Japan. So that's easy, you know.
0: What about in the states? What did you notice about the states that you didn't realize you would uh, you would encounter when you were here? restaurants movies
1: everything's uh, everything's just so convenient and mm. so easy to like anything you want is just easily accessible at the and i'm just like befuddled at the sheer size of everything like because in ireland you'll have like one little sports shop in the town but like in orlando like on the street there's like 16 like Supermarket sized sports shops, like you know, they, <laughs> yeah. like sports, tardy, the Dick sporting that. goods, yeah yeah, 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 they're all there. And I'm thinking, like, where are all the customers coming from? You know, because, like, that's uh, so much bigger, yeah, yeah.
0: What, uh, as far as um NXT goes, are you surprised like when you work uh, certain shows, for example, when you do house shows and even do some house shows and people yeah. really know who you are? Yeah. Does that surprise you or do you think NXT as a brand is getting over? I mean you guys just did a show right before WrestleMania with five thousand paid yeah. wa uh fans there. Yeah.
1: What was that uh, what was really surprising to me was um when I first came to NXT I was kinda it was kind of a fresh start for me, you know. And um when I done kind of my debut at full sale it didn't actually show on the on the tv the way it played out but in the in the arena they flashed up like prince devitt on the on this mm-hmm. on the screen there was a huge pop you know and like i got goosebumps and uh, i thought like you don't when you're out in japan you kind of don't realize that it's reaching kind of like you know different places uh in, in the world and uh like for it to get that response uh in full sail in the you know wwe universe uh, that that was great and then uh Obviously, like, NXT, we do live events around, you know, uh, around Florida and that, and, you know, I still get people kind of shouting, out, come on, David, and, uh, you know? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm Finn Balor now, excuse me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, like, I think it's more, like, I've, I'm kind of getting to grips with kind of the reach wrestling has, but for me, like, it, it's amazing for, like, the likes of Enzo Morty and Colin Cassidy, who, like, have really only been, like, NXT guys mm-hmm. and they don't understand like the reach that wrestling has and when they go to Ohio or when they go to San Jose and they walk through the curtain and like everyone in the crowd is like, you know, word for word under entrance promo. Like it's it's beautiful for me to see that to see how an odd they are of mm. like the reach Wrestling has and obviously like the network is having what's
0: well, the power of television too. Yeah. Like you said, the network. Yeah. If there's a million plus subscribers they're yeah. probably watching NXT yeah. and they're seeing these guys. Yeah. You don't ever realise that yeah and believe it or not, um when I was I, I was still in Japan
1: and uh, I'd be home for a week and I'd have uh, I'd have the TVR set uh, DVR set to um, to record NXT because I thought it was the best wrestling show you know mm-hmm. and this was before I was even like contemplating going and uh, I guess like not a lot of people knew that like it aired on TV in Europe and it aired like that's ra- right it's yeah, an actual show yeah, right not, yeah. it was an actual show and it aired like right before Raw so basically anyone who was watching Raw was watching oh. NXT so uh like, when I'd come to NXT and I was like, oh, how's it going? I'm, I'm Fergal. And then, um, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm Enzo Amore. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I know who you are. Like, I watch you on TV every week. <laughs> he goes, huh? Like, how do you watch me on TV? Because, like, they weren't even aware it was on TV. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's cool.
0: Where, where did you get the name Finn Balor? Uh,
1: the idea behind that was they wanted me to come up with a name that kind of had meaning in Gaelic, which is the Irish language. And uh, I'd, I'd come up with a few things. But. Balor is the one-eyed demon king in Celtic mythology. Ooh, so it kind nice. of t- it, it tied in with uh, with what I was doing with, with the, the demon, demon yeah. Uh, Finn, there's a Celtic hero called Finn McCool, who was the Balor's arch enemy. Oh, so he was the babyface. Nice. Also, my dad's name is Fintan. Everyone calls him Finn. So we had a short list of names, and I'd kind of looked into Finn like extensively and because it kind of the tie in with balor and then obviously it was it, it, a lot of people call my dad finn it was a, that was a no-brainer
0: dude did you have to pitch it to anybody uh
1: just uh, uh, well hunter, oh, hunter, hunter, hunter yeah uh, yeah yeah
0: it was actually hunter
1: came to uh, i had made a short list finn was on it and uh, and hunter said yeah hey, what, what do you think of finn you know i said perfect 100 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: and you mentioned uh you guys are getting ready to go for a tour yeah Overseas, your first show is in Dublin. Yeah. Your hometown. Have you ever wrestled in Dublin before uh, with uh, the WWE? Never, never. Wow. Yeah, this is my first overseas
1: trip, and it's it's amazing because it's in the same building. Like when I was like 12 and 13, I used to go watch Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, IRS, all those guys there. And, uh, it's good yeah. you put IRS in that group. Yeah, no, yes, I, I <laughs> yeah, I specifically remember it. But yeah, um, but, uh, yeah and it's, it's that same building now. I'm That's going, great. going to get performing. You know, the same people that I used to go to the shows with. Will now be coming to watch me. That's so great. Uh, it's, it's it's humbling. Is like, your, you know, is,
0: is, is Fintan coming?
1: Finton's coming. Yeah, Leonie's coming. There. Yeah, me me brothers and sister and all that. That's so. great. Do you yeah. know who you're gonna be working with? I believe I might be working with Adrian
0: Neville. Oh, yeah, nice. So, yeah, be, which is funny because when I had Neville on my show a few months ago, we had just done a show in Newcastle. Okay, it yeah. was his big homecoming. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. The football team had, had given a big yeah, tour the and place, yeah, yeah. Are you doing a lot of press for the show? Uh, I've done a done a couple of uh,
1: radio and, and newspaper yeah. stuff. That's already been done. Oh, that's going to be huge for you, man. Yeah, so are you, you going
0: to do the paint for it or? Uh, no, no. I'm just going to <laughs> go, go out. Got all Google. from the the road. They'll be like, "Who's this lad? He's on the poster in paint, but he <laughs> yeah. hasn't." What? You got to Google Dublin uh, paint, body painting. <laughs> yeah. Last question, man. What's uh, what's your favorite match uh, if you had to pick just one of my own that you had? Yeah. Uh,
1: versus Gato.
0: Ooh, all yeah. right. Yeah. Versus, Where was it?
1: Uh, Cork and Hall. Oh. I want to say 2013. Uh, I was working heel. It was just after. Uh, it was in. Yeah, it was July 2013.
0: That's awesome, yeah. and I had a great match with him in Cork too, for the uh, WR Junior Championship. Oh, beautiful! Yeah, and look at here we are. Yeah. in The back of a bus at uh, in Austin, Texas. Finn, it's great talking to you, man. And you got a huge future ahead of you. And it's uh, cool to have you have you on here today. Yeah, no, thanks very much for having us, and uh, hopefully we can do it. Did the I the see future. a picture of you at the uh, uh, Eiffel Tower? where you wearing a Y2J shirt? Why do I know this? Yeah, I tweeted it to you. Oh, there you yeah, go. That
1: was uh, we were on a, we were on a family trip. I'd say I was about sixteen. Uh, <laughs> we were it was actually believe it or not we were going to watch Raw in Massachusetts as a family, but we had a layover in Paris for like fourteen hours. No kidding. And my, my mom and dad said, "Come on, we're going to the Eiffel Tower." I was like, right, well, if we're going to the Eiffel Tower, I'm
0: wearing my white DJ shirt. <laughs> <Well>, that's obvious. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Well, thanks for uh, putting uh, the $0.15 in royalties in my pocket from that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again to Finn Balor, a.k.a. Prince Devitt. Looking forward to our match in Tokyo, Japan, on July 4th. We're doing two WWE live events there for the WWE Y2J Summer Tour. Getting in the ring with Finn Balor was one of the reasons I wanted to come back for this summer run. I wanted to put on a great match, specifically for the amazing fans in Tokyo, Japan. We got that, but we got a lot of great matches coming up, okay? I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss this tour if you live in any of these cities. June 12th, Springfield. June 13th, Terre Haute, June 20th, Las Vegas, 27 Boston, 28 Reading; 2nd, Singapore, July 3rd, Tokyo July 4th, Tokyo, July 10th Philly, 11th, Pittsburgh 31st, San Diego, I will be facing Wade Barrett that day, I know that for sure, August 1st Ontario, California, August 2nd Fresno, 15 Detroit, 16 East Lansing, 21 Bridgeport 22 White Plains, 29 San Juan, Puerto Rico, August 30th it all ends in Tallahassee, Florida I'm going to be having a blast this summer of course don't forget about uh june 23rd tough enough the premiere on the usa network and also fozzy on the road we're still playing some shows this summer we killed it in chicago the night with slash uh the shows continue with slash and fozzy tomorrow thursday may 21st at Stubbs in austin may 22nd in beaumont texas you got to come check that out that's just fozzy may 23rd house of blues houston 24th Sellside ballroom dallas we also got june 25th at the Valor Ballroom in Des Moines, 26th at the Hard Rock in Sioux City, Iowa, 24th at the Square in Kitchener, Ontario, August 9th, Heavy Montreal, August 30th, the Kiss Cruise with Paul and Gene. Go to fozzyrock.com for all fozzy ticket information and Fuzzy vip information all right i want to thank all you guys for being here i want to thank all my amazing sponsors who have been here since day one supporting this podcast so i can do it for you for free for twice a week whether it's true car ddp yoga coios doesn't matter Whether it's Amazon, you know what to do. You just go to PodcastOne.com. Click on the Support Our Show Sponsors banner at the top of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links in the U.S., UK, and Canada. Every time you go shopping and use that link, Amazon kicks back a little cash to this show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done. Help me out in the process. You go to PodcastOne.com. Click on the Support Our Show Sponsors and you click on the top of the page, you hit the Talk is Jericho button, that's all you got to do. You help me out, and you keep this show rolling. All right, keep rolling. I'm going to be rolling again on Friday. My guest... And this guy is so funny, super charming, a rock and roll legend, one of the greatest rock singers ever. David Coverdale from White Snake is going to be here talking all things deep purple. White Snake, he's got some great stories. He calls me Christopher. Let me tell you this, Christopher. I couldn't stop laughing when I was talking to him. Great guy. Can't wait for you to hear it. Stick around. We'll see you Friday. Stay hard, stay hungry. Yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com podcastone.com